Welcome to Working for Women, the independent women's forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hello, I'm Carrie Lucas, president of Independent Women's Forum, and I'm excited to have IWF's Inez Stepman here with me to talk about the future of higher education. You know, Inez, this is such an important topic, and in a recent piece, you remind us that back in 2010, President Obama was pushing the idea that the United States needed to lead the world in terms of the number of college graduates. Um, Since then, or a couple years later, you had Bernie Sanders running for the presidency or running for the nomination, um, and he was really earning a lot of support or emphasizing this idea of making college free for students. But I feel like that's changed a little bit and that um, some people are starting to question more college graduates really ought to be our goal. Do you see that change happening? And if so, what do you think is going on here? Absolutely. I think there's been a shift over the last few years, especially as parents and students reevaluate whether or not it's worth to get that four-year degree that President Obama was urging and that uh, politicians like Bernie Sanders and um, other uh, some more left-leaning Democrats are urging. Uh, we're, we're seeing people question the connection between getting that degree and the economic value that comes with it. And also, I think um, parents and students are looking at the chaos that seems to be reigning on a lot of campuses um, and, and questioning whether it's worth going into debt, $50,000, $70,000 a year, I mean, sorry, a total for four years um, for that kind of environment and whether students are actually learning what people assume they're learning getting that four-year degree. Yeah, you know, you're right, because I do think often when I focus on this, I'm thinking about it from a, a numbers game and say, you know, is the education you're getting worth um, the money you're investing? But often I think as um, there's a lot of parents out there who look at what are go, are, is going on on college campus, you know, the problems we've had with free speech rights, um, but then also even just kind of the social environment, environment when you hear about kind of the, um, the heavy drinking and um, kind of the, the culture that a lot of kids are um, expected to enter. You think, you know, what am I doing? Why would I, why would I spend so much, <laughs> much for this? And so, um, uh, but, but as you, so, but obviously there's the other question that we, we, we know we need something different for, um, we need students to keep like high school's not enough. Um, so what is the, what are people doing if they're, they're starting to question college? What are the alternatives that people are thinking about? I think you're seeing people examine a bunch of alternatives, one of which might not be that different. Actually, I think one of the most common alternative routes is to do two years in a community college and then transfer for a four-year degree. Uh, It actually is a great way to save some money. Um, For a lot of students, that additional two years gives them a chance to build their academic resume as well as potentially some kind of employment resume. But you also have uh, students looking at completely um, different or flexible options, right? So um, community college is a pretty traditional route. It's just what's less traditional is the jump from community college to four-year universities that is becoming increasingly common. Um, But there are a lot of innovative options out there. First of all, there's online college that you can complete while you're at work. A lot of for-profit universities sell um, coursework by the credit hour and in a way that is able to fit into a working life. You also have the rise of apprenticeships um, and various other kinds of technical credentials. There are a lot of jobs, 30 million to be exact, on the market just today that are, um, that the requirement for which is less than a four-year degree, some other kind of certification. And the average salary 
for those jobs is $55,000 a year, which is right around the median um, of American, um, American incomes. And you can do yeah. one of those options. Oftentimes, you get that $55,000, but you don't have a five dollars $800 loan payment to make. And it starts to look very financially inviting at a certain point. Yeah, you know, it, that's really interesting. It's, it's, um, I do think that um, that's something that a lot of parents need to hear is that you can not just have a job, but you can have a really good job um, by kind of exploring something that isn't just a four-year liberal arts arts degree. Um, but there, it seems as though what you're, you're really talking about in this, um, that there's a, a, bit, a bit of disconnect, um, that there's these jobs out there, but then that there's um, there's kind of uh, difficult to find the pipeline for students to get to get into those jobs. Is businesses um, are businesses able to kind of communicate with some of these providers and help them figure out what it is um, that they're looking for in an employee? Um, look, every college, uh, every decent university communicates with businesses in its area and across, across the nation. Um, every, every university has some kind of career help management. But I think fundamentally, the incentives are not great for universities. Universities have been able to raise their tuition, largely thanks to um, federal subsidies for student loans. Universities have been able to raise their tuition far, far above the rate of inflation for decades. If you look at a chart and look at the price of university, it's traveling far above other, even things that are, are soaring in costs that Americans know are soaring in costs year after year, such as like healthcare costs and other um, sort of subsidized markets. College tuition has been at the top of that chart for a long time. Um, and, and universities have very little incentive to change as long as the federal government is underwriting all of these massive loans. And the only people who are getting hurt are students who are taking out massive loans to get a four-year degree that doesn't offer the economic promise or the academic excellence at the end of the day um, that it used to, uh, and, and for a much, much higher cost than going to college 20 years ago, 30 years ago. It's interesting. I think a lot of boomers think, um, oh, you know, those silly millennials, why did they take out these loans? Um, I worked my way through college, and, and that's becoming increasingly impossible. You can work your way through college if tuition is $5,000 a year or even $10,000 a year. That's, that's a manageable cost for someone to work a part-time job uh, concurrent with their studies. But when tuition is fifty dollars or $55,000 a year, it's almost impossible for somebody to work their way through college like they used to. And I think, I think we're finally reexamining that paradigm. Yeah, well, that's interesting. You know, when you're you're talking about, um, I think a lot of people when they hear of of this, you know, obviously there's a problem and there's this, you know, seems like there's a disconnect here. Or shouldn't government come in and solve it? But it sounds to me like a lot of what you're saying is that government has, by pushing in this direction of four-year colleges, started causing the problems or certainly contributed to some of these problems. What is it? Do you, do you think that there's a way for what can policymakers? do to help encourage innovation and kind of um, make our higher education system more relevant to, to, the, to the world we live in today? Look, I think there's a lot they can do, but it mostly uh, involves undoing bad incentives they've created. So what I mentioned before is that uh, the loan industry, underwriting the loan industry, um, having all of those student loans be federally backed, not only is potentially creating the next debt crisis because uh, a shockingly low percentage of um, loan holders are actually able to pay their loans. 
um, as shocking that percentage that are paying nothing on their loans. This is going to be the next debt bomb crisis. There's over a trillion dollars in um, college loans and, and um, education loans out there. So that's one massive problem that is coming on the horizon. But but it's caused by the federal government underwriting this. So what happens in a very kind of simplistic sense, right, is that the college tuition um, used to be whatever, call it $10,000. And then the federal government yeah. came in and said, you know what, we'll give you that $10,000, right? But it's going to be a loan. You're going to pay it back. But we'll make sure that you can get that loan, even though there, there wasn't a private market that was going to give out that loan. All of a sudden, yeah. everybody has, quote unquote, $10,000. So colleges are like, well, then our tuition is twelve. And so that's, that's been pushing up over and over uh, over the years. And that's going to be a massive death bomb. Now, it's hard to completely yank out the, the um, loan subsidizing system. There are too many borrowers that already made their decisions in this market, this tilted market. Um, but uh, we can think about ways to slowly withdraw it over time. One way to do that might be to freeze the amount of student loans so that at least as inflation kind of catches up to the amount of loans, um, that we're not perpetuating this pressure that pushes college tuition ever upward. Also, universities are realizing that their tuitions are a problem. We've got innovative colleges like Purdue University looking at alternative ways for students to finance their education. Um, and then finally, there's the solution that we discussed earlier, which is I think parents and students are kind of fed up with paying $55,000 for a degree that doesn't have the value that it used to in the marketplace. And they're looking for alternatives like community college, like online college, like for-profit universities that offer a course-by-course um, option where you can mix and match and create uh, a degree on your own time. Um, and like, like technical certification, which is, can lead to very lucrative jobs without all of the debt and stress that comes with getting a four-year degree. So um, I think that parents and students will be the solution ultimately. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting to see. I was just um, a week ago on a, a panel at, at, um, at Google, and they were talking about some of, of how the tech companies are coming in and trying to figure out ways to, to provide online certification and their, their efforts. And you do think, man, this might be something that we're going to look back 10 years from now and think um, that uh, you know, how much has changed, because this does seem ripe for innovation and a lot of stars are aligning. So I think that's, that's really good news. I think there are a lot of universities that are putting their heads in the sand with regard to the way that higher education is changing. And they've had an incentive to do so because the money train has been so lucrative. But there are a few forward-looking universities who are realizing, you know what, um, if we don't adapt, people are just going to choose alternatives. They're not going to pay us $55,000 a year for this degree. Um, and so I think you have a few innovators in the market, but the vast majority of universities, because they've been on this federally financed money train for so long, have little incentive to change. Yeah. Well, this is really interesting and, and, and an important topic. So, and thank you for joining me today. And thanks to everybody for listening to this podcast. For more information and for more talks like this, please come visit us at IWF.org, where all issues are women's issues. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by IWF.org for similar content.